Many blessings to you, everybody, and welcome to the Always Hope Podcast, a production of Willwood's Faith and Marriage. This is Dr. Mario Sacasa, and grateful to have you joining me for another amazing episode. Well, if you've listened to the show, you know that I love movies. You know I love to talk about movies, reference movies, dissect movies, do the whole thing. And so today, I'm going into a deep dive about one particular film that really has captured my imagination over the last few months. And that movie is Disney Pixar's Soul, which is a beautiful, beautiful movie that really opens up questions about happiness, meaning in life, what the purpose of life is, and how we should try to attain that goodness which we are seeking. So joining me on the show today is Bill Donahue from the Theology of the Body Institute, who is an expert on things related to beauty and Catholic thought related to art and culture. And so Bill is the perfect person to have this deep dive with. Well, we begin this conversation with just a brief little spoiler-free review about the movie. I don't like spoilers, and so I really just want to be able to offer just a brief review for anybody who doesn't want a spoiler to be able to know what my opinion is, what Bill's opinion is on the film. After that, we give you an out, and then we jump into a full deep dive of the film. So in today's episode, we really discuss the psychology of this film, what the central message is in its application into our lives, the theology of the movie, and the limitations of that theology from a Catholic perspective, and really ask the question if this movie is geared towards adults or to kids, and how to watch it as a family, and the conversations that will inevitably happen after you watch this with your kids. You're going to love this conversation. If you love the movie, it's going to be great. If you haven't seen the movie, I really think you'll still appreciate the central message and how we really break it apart and apply it into our lives. So even if you haven't seen the movie, I think you'll still get a lot out of this episode. And as always, when the show is done, please go ahead and check me out on Facebook or Instagram. Let me know your thoughts. What did you think about Disney Pixar Soul? What other Disney Pixar movies do you like? Please leave your comments there for me at Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Mario Sacasa. I look forward to dialoguing with you about this movie and other episodes of the Always Hope podcast. Well, let's get into it. This conversation with Bill Donahue. Bill Donnie, welcome back to the Always So Podcast. How are you doing? Uh, better than I deserve. I am very <laughs> excited. Thanks for inviting me to talk about a Pixar movie, which is what I do a lot of the time anyway. I love their films. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and, and thanks for the Dave Ramsey reference. That's that's well done right there. So, <laughs> <Good> <laughs> yeah, no, that, I think that's that's exactly it. You know, I've I've I, I've loved Pixar films for, for a long time. I remember when Toy Story came out, I think I was 15. It was like 1995. It was Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. 1995. Went and saw it and just being blown away, being like this movie. First, it, obviously, the animation was unbelievable. First time you see a CG movie, but just the heart and the storytelling and the humor. And they just yeah. churn, have churned out consistently you know, over the last is it 25 years, 26 years, whatever that is, you know, yeah. just one great movie after another. They have a couple of blips along the way, but but by and large, their 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 movies are excellent. So we're going to be talking about Soul. Um, and what I want to start with, actually, before we kind of get into this, a breakdown of the movie and how we can look at it from a from a Catholic lens, uh, where what where is it right on in terms of church teaching? Where, where what can we glean from it to grow a little bit, um, as well as the psychology of it? That I'll, I'll offer some thoughts into that as well. I, 
I want to give the listeners who haven't watched the movie an opportunity just to kind of hear our non-spoiler review reaction. We can give that to them right right out of the gates, and then when we're done with that, we'll, we'll give them an out. So if 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 the if listeners if if uh, if you haven't watched the movie, here's our non spoiler reaction, and and then after <laughs> we do this, we'll 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 get into it. So that'll be your out. So uh, so you, you you don't have to worry about it being spoiled for you. So, Bill, w- just briefly, what what do you love about the movie? No spoilers. Yes, no spoilers. Okay. Um, <laughs> And that's very merciful of you. Don't you hate it when people just jump right in? I hate like, it. What? I hate it. Dark right now. I, oh, oh, that's it. Well, even right now, WandaVision, I'm sorry, I'm following that right now. And and some, yes. some now, now that the show's come out like every Friday, I can go on some websites and they already, like even in the title, they have something that spoils something from the episode. I'm like, please don't do that. So I can't even go on your, <laughs> I can't even go on your website until I've already like watched the show. Oh so anyways. We're fans of WandaVision too. We're huge Marvel fans. So that's all right. Fun. Yes. That's going to have to be another episode now. We're, gonna gonna just gonna have to, episode. we're just going to have to keep doing this over and over again. Just talk about movies. <laughs> well, I, I really, um, I was struck by a few things the first time I saw it. And then with your invitation here, watching it a second time struck even more deeply. And non-spoiler alert here, it's really about the gift of being human and being present to your life, to the ordinary within the extraordinary, I think. And and uh, I found that to be like really refreshing, especially where we are right now um, with COVID-19 and this seemingly perennial mask up lockdown, don't, don't engage. This movie was about engagement with the present. And I, I, I was really refreshed by it. Not to, not to mention also a sweet jazz soundtrack. That, really, <laughs> that was really neat. Cause I haven't been a huge jazz fan, but yeah. So it's about the gift. It's about the gift of the present. Yeah, that that's exactly right. It, it has a really powerful message uh, that, that the present is what matters and how to draw attention to, to that. Um, I, I love the movie. I, I think I'll say honestly, I, I liked it more the second time I watched it than the first time. And maybe because mm-hmm. the first time I, I, I'm, I'm a critic and I try to, I get caught up in world building and, and I'm, I was struck by how hard world building actually is and, and mm-hmm. how some movies can really execute that well, but other movies kind of do it all right. And at this time, some of the things I was ca- caught up on about like the process and the mechanics of the world Kind of, I, I was kind of bothered by it a little bit more the first time I watched it. And when I watched it the second time, I was like, oh, no, it, they, they actually have better answers for it than, than I didn't realize uh, watching mm. it the first time. So so I would say for anybody who's watching it, you know, give it, give it a second go if you didn't quite connect with it the first time. I think you'll see something more beautiful around the, the second time around. But I loved it, loved the message, loved the, 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 the meaning behind the movie as you articulated. I think that absolutely is, is the central message. And it is very timely. And you... You know, it's it's curious when you think about like when you talk about COVID and being under lockdown. Mm. How, for me, when COVID first happened, it, it did kind of force me to to just take my family not for granted as much. Like I was home more, and just being more present to those ordinary moments, doing yes. work from home, and then I could have lunch, and then I can have a cup of coffee with my wife, and, and just being being at home and doing those things. It kind of brought that about. So I don't know. I don't know if, if when the filmmakers were making the movie, if, if their hearts were in that as well. Um, but they they really they they really did hit a home run with this movie. I'll say. And the jazz soundtrack is great. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a huge jazz fan either. Although La La Land La La Land got me on that. And, uh, and, and, and the jazz soundtracks are great. So 
One question though, before we kind of move into then the, the the full breakdown, is it a kids movie in your opinion though? Oh my goodness, is it a kids movie? I mean, even even to say Pixar in general, I want to say are these movies for kids, right? And we don't, of course, mean like you know content that's explicit or anything of that. But I don't know. I don't think Pixar seems to be aiming at kids. I really don't. I feel like they're aiming at us adults and uh, kids enter in, but this is definitely different. I think soul is more for adults. It's uh, I watched it with my kids the first time and um, you know, they weren't like, there weren't moments of uproarious laughter or silliness. They were just kind of watching. I was the one who was like, Ooh, this is a, that's a very mature thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need a moment to reflect on this. Yeah, yeah. So, Can we pause in, in bathroom yeah, break right now? Everybody yeah. kind of get uh, yeah. up. Let's, let's. Exactly. Uh, snacks, everyone. Snacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. That needs a minute. <laughs> and yeah, get I those tissues I, also while you're at it. You know, you yeah, get dust in my eye. Yeah. Exactly. I think, yeah, they're, they're really unique and they do it well. They craft it well that they really, they hit the adult themes, but they can carry it through. I mean, I can say that about so many of their films. Right. I, Moana. Mm-hmm. I literally wept at the climactic scene of mm-hmm. Moana where the healing happens, the restoration. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, it just gobsmacked me. So I do feel like it's kind of more for adults. Yeah. That's not a Pixar movie, actually. That's just a straight, oh, right. a straight Disney movie. But, oh, that's, oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. But that's a good, but that's, but that's good too. It's all, it's all the same animation studio, I guess, more or less. But yeah, right, no, right, I, right. I, I, I agree that they, I think since, um, I mean, it, you know, the Monsters Incorporated a, a, a little bit there in terms of, uh, you know, the, some of the adult themes were, were played out a little bit in terms of energy crisis, things that kind of go over the kids' heads. Mm. But really for me, I think it, it, in many ways it was like Up. Up was the first one that I watched that really kind of went real adult. The first 10 minutes of Up, you know, you're uh, like, okay, hold on. Like we're, we're in a, yeah. a whole nother movie right now. And I remember taking yes. my oldest – Gabriel, he was 16. I think he's 16 now. Maybe he was like four or five when that movie came out. I took him to theaters. He was sitting in my lap because he was too small to kind of, uh, um, you know, sit in the chair by himself. So he's sitting in the lap and I'm I'm weeping in the theater. I mean, just the first 10 minutes <laughs> yes. of up, I'm I'm just crying oh, yeah. my eyes out. Thank you. And Gabriel's like, Dad, what's going? Dad, you okay? I'm like, just just watch the movie, man. Just watch the movie. It's good. Yeah, don't, I don't, don't some popcorn yeah, salt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was past the popcorn. I mean, I was like, it just, it just hit me. <laughs> but, but that movie certainly, and then others, Inside Out is, is a, is a gem for me as well. Toy Story three mm-hmm. gets into these adult themes as well. I find yeah. that all those movies at least have some, some balance with the kiddiness. You know, you always have the, the silly kind of character on the side, or uh, whether it's the dog, Doug, yeah. in, in Up, or um, Inside Out. Just even the, the, mm-hmm. the playfulness of the world, the colors of the world, all of that. Um, yeah. This one, I, I will say, the critique is a little there that that maybe there is it's a little bit more on the adult side than it is on on the kids side. Um, so, you know, if if you haven't watched it with your kids, maybe you're, you're like like I watched it with all of sixteen to, to six, and everybody got mm-hmm. something out of it. everybody enjoyed the, the time. Nobody felt like we, they wasted their time watching the movie. But uh, but you know, have we gotten up quote? I mean, uh, soul quotes? You know, throughout the last couple of weeks, uh, no, we haven't. <laughs> that's the barometer right there that's the yeah. barometer you know how, how often are we going to quote this at the dinner table when we're making jokes you know and uh so so that's that's the barometer for us so um anyway so so i'll say that you know it, it but but it's not 
what I do like about the when you talk about adult themes, it's not like Shrek or the the, the Madagascar movies, which you know oh, yeah. have had adult themes, but they were just inappropriate sexual innuendos that go over your kids' heads. That's like I don't even yeah. I don't I don't even want my kids even being exposed to that. Um, yeah, I would rather my how- kids. I would rather my kids ask me uh, about uh, about death and the great beyond <laughs> than I would about, you know, like Pinocchio wearing a thong or something like that. You know, like. Yes, I, exactly. You know, yeah. like when we say adult, we mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, big existential questions, you know, and ponderings. And that's what soul, soul captured. The self-awareness of the lead character at the end, Joe Gardner, um, and that piano. In the final few minutes was just uh really stirring like at a deep level and you that's the power of cinema right you throw back and like whoa am i it, it afforded a moment of deep soul searching that uh yeah good stuff real good stuff well so like okay so let, let's get into this now all right so this is the part now where if anybody hasn't watched it uh, here's your out. Okay. This is, this is me being kind to you. If you, if you want to stick around and listen to our discussion, um, uh, please, you know, uh, we, we would love for you to be part of it. Um, but, uh, but if you haven't seen it and you, and you don't want spoilers, um, then go in and go out. Like I, I, I hate spoilers. My kids know this, like, like, I don't even want to watch too many trailers of a movie, like end game. Mm. I just, I was just one trailer. That's it. Just tell me when it's coming out. I don't even need it. I don't need to know anything. I, I just want, I just want the story to unfold and I don't want yes. any spoilers. So, so the kids know that this is, this is who I am. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm, be- I'm bequeathing that, I guess, to, uh, to others. This is, um, actually, uh, okay. So this is, this is an aside, total aside, but this is a funny story. True story. All right. This is how much I hate spoilers. I was, um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to share this on air, but this is the truth. Okay, so like, uh, I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big Harry Potter fan, or or I was when the books had coming out, and so mm-hmm. I discovered the Harry Potter books when as an adult and in grad school, and I think at that point the first five books had come out, and I just devoured them. I was doing all this heavy reading about psychology and and counseling mm-hmm. theory, and it was just so heavy that I just needed something light to just kind of kind of balance. So I, so I was all in and, and from the first page, I was, her storytelling captivated me. And, and so, uh, it was great that I was able to, to be in on the Harry Potter thing before the, before all seven books came out, because when mm. the sixth book came out, you know, I was great to re- happy to Kristen bought it for me for my birthday. It was awesome. And then when the seventh book came out, I actually waited in line at borders, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> At midnight, the night that the book came out in like a long line, like down the block or whatever, waiting to get my Harry Potter book. And so I got book seven, came home, read it. And then I took a couple days to read it. So I think the book came out like on a, on a Wednesday morning. It was like Tuesday night that was at the, at, at, at borders, but technically Wednesday when it came out Friday, two Mm -hmm. days later, I go to the grocery store and I'm like halfway through the book. I'm not, not quite done yet with it. And so I go to the grocery store and the person in front of me, is uh, ha- the cashier and the, and the person in front of me were talking about the Harry Potter book, and bo- and they had finished it and they were talking about the story and how it ends, right? And so I'm uh, trying to like distract myself and be like la di da, like I'm not paying attention. I don't want to don't want to hear anything, and um, and so I get up to you know they, the lady leaves and I go up to the cashier and I say, oh, you know, I heard you guys were talking about Harry Potter, and and she says, oh yeah, I know how I know how it ends, and I said, please don't tell me, like I'm I'm, I'm like I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. <laughs> I'm not done with it. I, I, I really, I, honestly, I can't. Like, please don't finish. Don't, don't, and she, and she looks at me and she goes, 
oh, I should spoil it for you. I would love to see your face, you know? Oh my. And so I, so I get, so I, so at that point I'm like hot and I go, if you, <laughs> the truth. I, I go, I go, if you tell me how Harry Potter ends, I will report you to your manager and I will never <laughs> shop at this grocery store ever oh again. God. Like, that's awesome. It's, it's so good for you. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. You are the customer and you are always right. Yeah, I'm the customer and I'm always right. And you will not spoil Harry Potter for me or I will tell all my friends uh, to never shop at this grocery store because- That's a great hashtag boycott, whatever. Oh, hashtag boycott, exactly. Publix. Oh, it was- you're, you're serious about spoilers then. I get I, it. I get I, it. I, I was serious, you know, and so I've told the story to the kids and they laugh at me, you know, they're like, dad, tell me about the time you yelled at the cashier. I'm like, uh, sorry guys. <laughs> so anyway, so, so that's the point. The point is that yes, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm giving everybody an out right now if you don't want any spoilers. So, okay. So let's get into it. All right. Let's just go. What, what struck you about the movie? Where do you want to start? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> I mean, what was interesting was, you know, you, you enter in from the very beginning with Joe Gardner, right? This, what is he? Like a substitute band teacher. Uh, in like a middle school in New York. At a middle school, right? So you you enter in at the most bland, mm-hmm. kind of like, wah, wah. you know, here's a guy who's, you know. Even we the title music is like off. Oh, it's, it, it's the it band. The band's really? playing and the title music is the, the, it's yeah, like, it's the like Disney a high opening. school. It's like, what? Like this is. And it was the Disney opening. <laughs> yeah, that's and it. And you're yeah. like, wait. This sounds terrible. Yeah. It was actually brilliant. It got us the entry point. The foot in was literally, this isn't like cinematic escape. This is my life. I don't want to go here. <laughs> I don't want to do this. And we all remember the experience of substitute teachers like, oh my gosh. But so it's so a brilliant way to get right into it. And then also who doesn't relate to, you know, my big break or like if I could get this. And he gets that invitation to play with Dorothy Williams and his eyes light up. And this is the moment. This is a defining turning point for me. I love also like the, like his frustrated life with his mother. Mm. who's just like, when are you going to get a real job? I mean, it really, f- from the beginning, it really got into that sort of angst that a lot of people I think are in where I'm waiting for my, my ship to, to pull in, you know, and, and it's getting late like the years are going by and my own family is just like you're gonna get a real job yeah so what what a way to begin what an entry point yeah absolutely and so right out of the gates it the the central tension that gets presented in the movie is this like and it's a tension that we all connect with do we not you know do i pursue my dreams or do i pursue the the you know what the guaranteed the comfort and is if if, which was the paycheck the paycheck Remember? that's right yep you know full benefits full, benefits, full paycheck financial stability pension. and security yep which which you know through the lens of the catholic life the dynamic catholic life right the gospel um are we about that kind of like security stability or is it like come follow me you know i, I just felt that sort of gospel twang well i felt that uh, but I, i'll say you know i'll, I'll I, I'm okay with the, the comfort and security, you know, like there are times in my life where, where I've done both, you know, I've, I've well, done, sure, I've, sure. I've done the entrepreneur, like, yeah, let's do it. And then the other times I'm like, you know, that, that paycheck's not bad. Like, that's okay. Like yeah, well, you can do both, you, can do both, you know? Both. So, so I, I, the, the movie starts off by kind of pitting these two against one another. 
Um, but what I actually really did appreciate about the movie is that as you get to the conclusion of it, there, there's no conflict. Like it genuinely mm. is, it is a question of discernment that I do believe yeah. that everybody has to kind of go through in terms of like, where is God really calling you to exercise uh, your greatest yeah. gifts and talents? And if that is as a, as a middle school band teacher, then praise him, you know, like what an awesome opportunity to be able to, to minister mm. and to build relationships and connect with these kids. Um, or if it is to be the star performer, then praise him for that also. And, and I think that obviously the movie isn't theological in the sense, but but it right. creates this because that that dichotomy is something that we all intuit and we think that there's tension there, but the movie gets to the point where it says there doesn't have to be tension there uh, because right. the reality is that like existence itself is the gift. Um, and that's the big spoiler, of course, right there. You know, yes. like, like the, right. the conclusion of the movie is, is 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 phenomenal. But you're right that the entrance point just gets us to this place where where we feel this tension. Um, and so then he finally gets the big break and then and then he dies, you know, and the way they do the death scene is it's real subtle. You just oh. he just falls through a manhole, you know, and then he's like, that's it. And you see a soul and you're like, what? Well, like. Oh, he, like my, my little ones didn't understand what happened. You know, they were like, what, right. what just happened? I'm like, well, I think he just died. That's what just happened. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and that's his soul. His soul just left his body. Um, <laughs> but even in that, there's something like, when I, when I, as I watched it the second time, like there's a concept that Brene Brown talks about in her book, Darren Greatly, like that, this kind of foreboding joy, you know, this concept that, um, that like sometimes we don't pursue our dream or we don't pursue uh, this idea because we just kind of presume that it's always going to fall apart. Well, there it is, you know, get my big break and I'm just going to die. You know, that's mm. that's what mm -hmm. happens, you know. So why even bother? Why even why even try to pursue it? Because I finally get it. And then and then it's just going to go to hell anyways. You know, oh, sorry, right. The podcast um, It's just going <laughs> to. We'll bleep that out, you know, like it's going to go to heck anyways. It's real, man. Yeah, yeah. Real. yeah, yeah. You know, and so, so like it, it, the movie again, right, right out of the gates taps into this, but then finally, you know, the, the beauty is that as Joe is kind of going on, on the conveyor belt to the great beyond, which we don't know what that is. You know, we don't know what, what the light is. Like, are they getting zapped? Like, like fleas, like flies on a yeah, <laughs> like a bug zapper, like a bug zapper. Like a bug That's zapper. are they getting bug zapped? Is that what's happening right now? <laughs> you know, they're just kind of being absorbed into whatever we, we don't know, and that that's the limit, right? That's where philosophy ends and theology kind of takes over. So the movie's fine to just kind of kind of l let that be, um, but but he but he refuses. You know, he he's like yeah. no, I, like this is it. Like I'm like I'm gonna push back because I finally got it, and I'm not ready mm -hmm. to die, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it, and uh, just. Just that awakening of that tenacity in him uh, to finally seize the opportunity um, was was really good. It was really encouraging. Yeah, and, and yeah. Anything, it, it, yeah. It, it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I hate to use this this word even, but the word woke, which has been so hijacked, <laughs> distorted today in our ridiculous culture. But <clears throat> this is the awakening that we all hope to get. Like, oh my goodness, my life, th this moment. But I found it then interesting that he, you know, he makes that crash landing in not the great beyond, but the great before. <laughs> very clever. Very clever. clever. Very clever. Uh, and he ends up meeting a soul, 22, mm -hmm. right? It's so funny. All the souls have numbers. Oh, gosh. Right. Not names. But 22 is actually in this also locked in a kind of angst, mm -hmm. you know, even without having lived yet. Like, I'm just... I'm also kind of mediocre, frustrated. I'm not good enough. Um, I don't want to do it. There's like the ennui right. in 22's experience. 
And um, I just said experience because it's really it's all about experience. I think what the movie is about was you got to experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and and for 22, it hasn't happened yet. There's a fear not that she doesn't want to or won't be good at it. For Joe, it's he's missing all the experiences he's had. Mm-hmm. Such an interesting thing because from a theology of the body perspective, John Paul II talks so much about experience. Mm-hmm. You know, phenomenology, the science of the real, let let reality speak to you. And um, so you get like these two characters, 22 and Joe, who that's the whole pedagogy of the whole movie then is is, is like experience it. Don't don't run away from it. Don't run past it, but just let it hit you. And uh, that's when you get those really intimate moments of, you know, the slice of pizza and the mm. subway. Um <laughs> <laughs> the air blast from the, the sewer grate mm. moment, you know, the maple seed mm-hmm. fluttering down into mm-hmm. an open hand. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I I have these things, too, every day of my life. Right. Where, where am I? Am I 22 hiding or am I Joe like totally missing? Right. I don't know. It just it puts you right in it. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great comparison because you see 22 is kind of like this. Um, like she's just, she's comfortable in her existence. But her existence is is absent of of experience. You know that that's the what does that mean? I don't know. You know the the, the way I think about it is kind of like again, like um, she she makes a line, you know, and I see if I remember it. Um, let me see. I think I wrote it down, so I want to make sure I I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, please. You know, she 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 makes a line where where she's kind of like. Um, it's not great, but I know what to expect, you know, is what she says. So it's mm. kind of like this, this meh, you know, like I know what to do. Like <laughs> I kind of live in the great before and once a week I get, you know, supposedly trained and, and, and I run these, these experts away and they're frustrated. Mm. And then I go back to kind of like, you know, piddling and meandering. And so it's inherently meaningless and inherently purposeless. But mm. what you find out in the movie is that it's really because she's, she's afraid to engage. She's, yes. she's afraid to find <laughs> you know, the spark. And so what it, what captures her with, with Joe is, is the sense that like, Joe, she says, your life was boring and you didn't accomplish anything, but you're dying to get back to it. Why? Like, what is it yeah. about, what is it about your life that I can't even say you accomplished anything great with that you want to, you want to get back to? And so that's what sparks the curiosity. And of course they're mm. the shenanigans and of them kind of, kind of playing it out. Um, but, but, uh, but but that is it, you know, just this beautiful kind of relationship that emerges. Um, but 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 what she discovers is that she's like when she says like um 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 like the purpose of like because the whole the whole point right again is that you find your interests, you have your personality, uh, but then you need to find your spark. And Joe thinks that the spark is the thing that like gives purpose. But again, what you find out is isn't that the spark is just another part of 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 life. It's just. Yeah. It's just the experience. It's just the energy that, that that you feel. You know when you're when you're when you're when you're jazzing. You know as 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 she says. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so for her, it wasn't anything big. It was just all those little those little things. The the eating the pizza for the first time. I mean the way they animate the guy's yeah. face when he's like yeah. savoring the pizza. You're like somebody <laughs> animated that. Like that wasn't an actor. Like somebody had to like multiple people had yeah. to get the expression right in. He just, you just want to mm. eat this pepperoni pizza. Like you think it's like the best thing, you know, and, 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 and it does so beautifully attack this notion that, and this is really kind of the, the major premise of the movie is that Joe has put all his stock 
in in expecting um uh his big break to be the thing that's going to make him happy and yeah and and that's what so many of us of course kind of fall into into the trappings of this yeah. kind of perfectionism that somehow if i achieve this one thing or this this one thing does happen or whatever it is that that's going to unlock all all of happiness for me and yeah and the movie, what it does so beautifully, and it's and it is the truth, is that the reality is that that no single experience can bear the burden of that, right? Like we yeah. like we we make an idol then of of that experience, um, whether that is if as soon as I get married, you know, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna be happy, or as soon as I get that job, I'm gonna be happy, or as soon as I get certain number of followers on my social media channels, that's what's gonna make me happy, or I get this big break or whatever, <clears throat> like all those things in and of themselves aren't the the singular thing that's going to make you happy. Um, but it is the process. And you look at the totality of your life, but it's the totality of your life that then allows for joy to emerge for, for, um, for the experience itself, which is good to really be that, which what it is. Now that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have dreams and desires. Of course, we should have mm -hmm. innovation and creativity and pursuits. All those things absolutely are, are needed. But they have to be measured, I would say, in the context of who you are as a person, um, and, right. and and being reminded that all of this is gift. It's all gift. This is the the hermeneutics, right? It's, it's a gift. You know, you get JP two. It's all gift. It's all gift. It's all gift. And it doesn't mean that the gift is being withheld from you until, because I think sometimes that's 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 the way we think. It was like, if only God would answer. But there's other answers mm -hmm. that are coming, you know, like God's withholding. Mm -hmm. Is he? Are you sure? Like, like, you mm -hmm. know, we have to kind of be cautious within our own language about how we make demands and, and we put these expectations on certain things to be those things uh, when it could be other things that God is actually guiding us to. Yeah, I mean, you just threw down the word I idolatry. And that really, the second time watching Soul, that really struck me, uh, the whole the whole scene with um, moon wind, you know, and then the uh, <laughs> the astral projections, and oh, so funny that the, the like mystics this, without borders was the name of mystics the group. without borders. Maybe like laugh out doc loud. Doctors without borders, the mystics oh, without oh, borders. I cracked crack so up. Funny. I LOL'd at that moment, but um, <laughs> the fact that and, you know, at that same moment, they, he encounters the them, the mystics. At the moment, you meet the idolaters. Those are the lost souls, right? And right. Moonwind is the mystic. He says, oh, those are lost souls. They become obsessed by something that disconnects them from life. Oh, it's awesome. You know, that you're absolutely right. You know, when you say that, that it, it is this, this <clears> thing <throat> that he says is it's, it's the fine line between uh, being in the state of flow or being in that state of, 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 of mm. uh, the zone is what they called it in the movie. Flow yeah. is the psychological term is what they refer to it in, in the positive psychology, being in the state of flow, being in the zone, but then how easy it is to, to, to lose yourself and that to become an obsession. And then when it becomes yeah. an obsession, it becomes disconnected from, from life itself. So sorry, I cut you off there. Yeah, no. And how haunting, I mean, that, I remember the first time we saw the lost souls, uh, they were freaky. I mean, they were scary creatures of like of dark darkness and shadow and they start chasing them and um you know it it's chilling because we've all done that we've you know we've fallen into this like, like if it could just have this and we become monstrous that way and we we end up killing the thing we we think we're going to love or the thing that's going to liberate us 
suddenly enslaves us. <laughs> that scene where they liberate a lost soul who was like a hedge fund <laughs> manager or something. And when he returns to life, he's like, what am I doing with my life? And then it just destroys everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I love how, like, it's literally like a five second scene, but it's a life in miniature, right? Like, what am I doing with my life? You know, number crunching and this idolatry of the moment. Yes. And then he sweeps it off the desk and then says, liberate yourselves. It's beautiful. And then it cuts. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's it. <laughs> but, um, I I love um there's there's a great there's a great uh teacher from CUA down in DC who was a friend of John Paul II's Stanislav Griegel and he wrote a great book uh in conversation with John Paul II and he talks about the world life all that we experience as a torrent of beauty that we're invited into that flows over us hmm. and I feel like that's what the mystics do they let the torrent of beauty of all these daily experiences flow over us and they don't grasp and cling to one thing. And um, what a chilling moment, right? When Joe gets the gig, has a great night with Dorothea Williams and the jazz uh, quartet. He's in the zone. Literally, it's a perfect night. Like, he's in the zone. They walk out into the dark street to catch a cab or whatever. And he says to her, whom he's I idolized, Dorothea Williams, he's idolized her. Oh, Dorothea Williams. He says, well, what's next? Well, we come back tomorrow night and do it all over again. And that denouement, right, where he just goes home and he's like, shoot, this, wait, there's, what, what, what? Mm -hmm. um, and, and what a moment that was. That was the moment of conversion, really, where suddenly the light came in. He unpacks his pocket, right? Mm -hmm. He's sitting at the piano in the dark of his apartment, pulls out of his pocket all these little bits that 22 had put in his pocket. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, Dr. Mario, that scene... <laughs> You're a dad, I'm a dad. You know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, have you ever had that moment where you pull out of your pocket, you know, and I've got like Lego bits mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like a straw wrapper, you know, mm -hmm. stuff my kids have left around the house, um, a little, you know, piece of a lollipop or something, and I put them on my dresser at night. And I'm like, wow, that that moment where he takes that stuff out, it's a piece, you know, pizza crust, a, a spool of thread, a part of a bagel that now had like, because 22 experienced the torrent of beauty. She didn't grasp at it. She just enjoyed it. Those have become little sacramentals in a way. Mm -hmm. These little like heirlooms of her experience on earth. And when he lays them out, like almost like relics, he lays them out on the piano there. Mm -hmm. And that's when the most beautiful piece of music, I think in the whole soundtrack comes out. He starts mm -hmm. doing that. He starts jazzing. And for me, that was the moment. That was the the translucent sacramental moment where it's like, this is it. The present is the gift. The gift is the present. Now I'm ready, right? Yeah. I'm ready to live. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Mario, and I'm just taking a quick break from my conversation with Bill Donahue to encourage you to check us out at faithandmarriage.org. At faithandmarriage.org, you can sign up for one of our upcoming marriage retreats, or you can read our blog and catch up on past episodes of the Always So podcast. Or if you want to know where I'm lecturing or where Jason Angelette is lecturing, you can find all of that great information at faithandmarriage.org. We look forward to serving you through the digital means and faithandmarriage.org is one of those many offerings that we have for you. So if you are looking for great marriage advice, great relationship advice, 
trying to dive deeper into your faith and, and how to live it in today's crazy world, faithandmarriage.org is the place to go. So check us out, faithandmarriage.org. It was awesome. And, and exactly, you know, in the point of conversion where it becomes the only point in the movie where he finally then starts to do something for somebody else. Yes. Because, because then immediately he recognizes that, like, I've put all my eggs in this one basket and it's good. Again, the pursuit of excellence is good. The pursuit, right. that, getting that gig, getting that break is, is, is good. There's nothing, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. But when compared right. to the torn of beauty, as you said, in these little sacramentals, he felt those little moments were actually more joyful in, in, than, than the other, you know? Yeah. And, and part of what I love about the movie also is that it does a good job separating kind of the physical and the spiritual, you know? So when they're in the spiritual realm, they talk about like, oh, you can't feel, you know? So he eats the pizza and he poops it out real quick and she slaps him <laughs> and, you know, all yeah. this stuff. Like, you know, the, me and my sound of my voice is different. I could sound like X, Y, and Z. Oh, but she goes, he goes, well, why do you choose to sound like a middle-aged uh, white woman? He goes, because I find it the most annoying, you know, is what she says, you know? <laughs> Which is Tina Fey. It's Tina Fey's voice. So, you know, God bless her and her own sense of humor, you know, to like make fun of herself (laughs) like that. So anyways, but like it, it, like, um, but then what, one of the, the the one uh, concept that, that gets expressed in both the spiritual and the physical is the concept of memory. And, and I just was so struck by that. You know, when she goes Mm. into his body, she's like remembering his memories about like the girl and who's the, who's Lisa, you know, why? why? Because there's an aspect of memory that is very neurological. We know that, Mm. but then there's an aspect of memory that's incredibly spiritual as well. And so, so when you, when they're in this, the, the, the great before and they're, they're meeting their, their mentors, they have the hall of accomplishments or whatever, all those memories that, that exist in kind of the spiritual realm, you know? And so, um. So you see that within him that like, I guess like he's now, he's been saying the whole time that you're only experiencing this because you're experiencing it in my body or you're only remembering. But now that she's been in his body and now he's remembering her experience of these moments in his body. Now he's like, I get it. Like, Mm. like all the, the joy of her eating the pizza, I can experience it because she experienced that in my body and I can recall that sensation in me. And now that I felt that, I felt more alive in that or sitting in the barbershop chair and communicating and talking with other people. That feels more freeing than what I just did. And what I just did was awesome. But like, wow. this is, this is it, wow. you know? And so, so finally he's like, I have to give this, like the gift, like now it's time for me to give this up. And when he went into the zone and started playing, you're right, it's the most beautiful. He knew in that moment that he was, he was, he was going to sacrifice himself. Like that yeah, was, that was a hundred right. A hundred percent his intention. He's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go rescue 22. I'm going to give her her earth badge. She deserved it. She found it. This is her spark. I've lived my life. It's time for, for her to live hers. And, uh, and, and it's time for me to move on. Like he, that, that, that's the point of him coming to terms with the experiences of his life. This is, (laughs) I think we just like, we just reached the crescendo, like the pinnacle of awesomeness. This is the thing with these movies. I'm just thinking of, um, Cardinal, Cardinal Papard. Paul Papard was the head of this uh, the Vatican uh, Cultural Institute or something for a while. And at one point he said, movies are an irreplaceable form of evangelization. Hmm. Movies, cinema is an irreplaceable form of evangelization. Because this, this is a moment, like that is a Christ moment right mm-hmm. there where I'm going to lay down my life. 
I'm, and I think, you know, what you just, how you just laid it out, he discovers communion of persons, right? Like communion, right. the whole point of reality, the whole point of life is, it's not about me getting my moment. It's about the gift. It's about communion. And how awesome, I love how you, like the flip of her, his experiences and then her experiences, because that's the interpenetration there, mm-hmm. where his eyes get opened. That barbershop scene was incredible. Incredible. Where, where he leaves, he leaves, and he's like, uh, I never knew you wanted to be a vet, blah, blah, blah. Well, mm-hmm. you never asked. You never asked. You just talked about jazz. You just talked about it yourself. Was, <laughs> he was monologuing the whole time mm-hmm. where human life is supposed to be dialogue. Right. Right. And how riveting, you know, the whole barbershop at one point where when 22, who's in Joe's body, is just going off and they're all wrapped. They're all staring, <laughs> listening. It was just, yeah. The point there is uh, it's communion. It's all about communion, communion and, and the other person and seeing through the other. What a great lesson. Man. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I, I've been reading a lot and been talking about this in the podcast about the this new science of positive psychology and, and positive emotion. And in the last 10 or 15 years, psychology has really shifted mm. in, in, not shifted, it's it's broadened its, its scope of practice from not just talking about what's wrong with the person and how to heal somebody when, when they're in a depressive state or kind of moving from a negative state to, to a neutral state, but really asking the question of what is optimal experience and, and how do we move somebody from, from a neutral state to really achieving human flourishing would be the, would be the word. And so there's yeah. a robust, uh, robust studies out there. And this is where a lot of these books on happiness have, have emerged out of over the last few years that are, fl- are flooding the market um, because people are genuinely asking these questions. And so in this, this mm. the, the research is, is pretty clear about this. Like it's, it is the more that we just open ourselves up to the good, the more that we draw attention to it, the more that our brains actually um, grow in their capacity to see it. Because the problem when we get into anxious states like Joe at the beginning, when he's when he's really fixated on it, when we become fixated, what happens is that um, our when our anxiety kicks in, it's a it's a threat it's a response to threat, and so we get very narrow focused when we're in an anxious state, just by, by design, because we're we're supposed to be. If there's a lion that's that's about to attack me, I better be a hundred percent focused on that lion, um, right. and not attentive to the trees, like because that thing's about to kill me, and so I need to mm. make sure that I can I can get away. So when we get anxious, when we get stressed, when we get into these elevated kind of states of of of, of high emotion here of. Uh, you know, we get real focused. And so our creativity decreases, our capacity to see like reality in some ways actually decreases because we some focus on the threat. And then a negativity bias kicks in where, where all we then see is threat after threat after threat or failure after failure after failure. You know, and so when when all these systems kind of take over, what the 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 counterpart to it is exactly what the movie proposes, which is just if we just stop and 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 you can meditate, um, be mindful, or if we want to use the word watchful, we can use watchfulness, which is a, mm. a, a term that was used by by the the, the Neptic Fathers, you know, ancient uh, spiritual traditions of the church. You know, wow. watchfulness, being attentive to our thoughts. How do we guard our thoughts? How do we become more aware? What the science shows is that as we decrease this, this state of anxiety or the state of kind of hypervigilance, we actually become more open to the positive experiences. And the positive mm. experiences build on one another. They, 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 what they do is they broaden our, our perspective. They, they open us up to, to the fullness of life that is actually present. Um, and so it, it, exactly that, like Joe, Joe 
shames 22 when she says, you know, maybe my spark is, you know, I'm a good walker. I, 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 can, yeah. I can, I can, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good cloud watcher. You know, maybe that's my spark. And he's like, that's not your spark. That's just everyday life. And so then when oh. you fast forward into, into her lost soul, he's the most towering because he's the most shaming of that. He's like, it's right. not your purpose. It's just nonsense. Basically, you know, like mm. is, is kind of what he says to her, but then she, and, and we all have to be very, 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 um, Conscious in this. So this is why, like, it's important for all of us to to have these moments where if you're enjoying a, a good pizza, like I'll do this sometimes where I'm at lunch and I eat lunch by myself often because I'm in between sessions or something. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'll I'll have the, the the iPhone on, I'll be listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube clip or something. But if I'm eating something and it captures like my attention, I'll stop. Yeah. I'll hit pause on the music or the iPod or the the, the, mm. the podcast or whatever, and just allow myself to focus in on the senses that are being cultivated as I'm eating this. And then I'll just eat Jimmy John's. I love Jimmy John's, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or or some leftovers from from the night before that, some great dinner my wife <gasps> made, you know. I'll stop and I'll just savor it and just allow that to be the case. So that's that becomes the process upon which that we actually can experience happiness is that if we stop if if we're walking down the street and just the breeze hits us you know a a, a funny way and it just kind of touches our face instead of just going on and getting back into the phone call or or hustling on to the next whatever thing like if you just stop and actually experience that what happens is that you're training your brain then to be more receptive to those moments and so mm. you, you condition yourself to actually be um, more, uh, yeah, just more ready to to receive them as they come. And so those become the safeguards. So now you're that. This is how you cultivate resilience in life. Is that then you can hold the tension of both. The bad stuff still happens, but it doesn't bottom out because you fundamentally know and your brain knows that you're going to be surrounded by all these good moments as well. And so you hold the balance between both. That that's the depth of the psychology of of, of the film. <laughs> That's the kernel of this entire movie. I feel, I feel like that's the pearl in this entire movie. And I love, I love what you said about watchfulness. I prefer that now to mindfulness mm-hmm. because in our in our you know dualistic culture, you know mind mm-hmm. over here, body over here, but watchfulness connotes eyes open, awakening. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's there's two Buddhist cones that I've kind of treasured my whole life. Like I'm a big quote guy. I love quotes. Mm-hmm. One of them is a uh, by drinking a cup of green tea, I stopped the war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like, man, that's rich. And then the other one is when eating an orange, eat the orange. Yeah. Right. It's the, it's the idea of just be present. Be present. And, uh, but we never do that anymore. We never. don't. Like multitasking, we're, you know, we're looking at the phones, flipping through while we're doing three other things. But uh, there is something <clears throat> I think that's preparatory for the next world, for heaven, in the watchfulness. Because what is heaven, what does Teresa of Avila talk about is the heights of prayer. Mm-hmm. Look at him who looks upon you, right? Gaze upon him who gazes upon you. Oh, my gosh. And if we can't even do that now for five minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to be like woefully unprepared for heaven. Right. Because, because heaven is the great stillness, the great awakening, the, the gaze and the being gazed upon. Yeah. And, and there's these moments, like constant moments, entrances to... You know, it's like the zone. Uh, again, I love that part of the film where, you know, mm-hmm. they're in the zone. Those zones can be everywhere. I mean, p- 
Pope Francis talked about this uh, in Laudato Si. He said, there's a mystical meaning in every dewdrop, in every leaf, in every mountain path and poor person's face. There's a mystical meaning. So, yeah, I mean, I walked away from soul just like, especially the second time watching it. I'm just going to enjoy the next time I have a slice of pepperoni pizza. I'm just going to get into that thing. I'm going to dig in. I pull, you know, stuff out of my pocket from the day. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the little Lego guy from Kagan, my five-year-old, that he shoved it in there when I didn't know it. I'm going to treasure that moment because, man, that's it. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, It's substantive. You know, it's very substantive. It has weight, like existential weight, as opposed to all the other crud that we flip through digitally. Right. Most of our stuff is like a lot of disembodied emails, tweets, you know, we're scrolling screens. Yeah, news Mm -hmm. bits and such where, Mm -hmm. you know, the one thing I'm flicking on is my screens all the time. But I'm, you know, when's the last time I touched the bark of a tree or picked up a leaf or a pine cone and just like, wow, this came from the mind of God. Wow. (laughs) That's exactly right. Right on my my desk here, I have... um, you can see because we're doing a video chat, but yeah. your listeners, I've got pine cones, seashells from trips. Uh, my daughter gave me this translucent shell from the Jersey Shore once. Mm. And they're just like, she goes, Daddy, this looks like Jesus in the host. Wow. Eucharist. You know, we're on the shore, the Jersey Shore. I'm like, wow, you just destroyed me, Sheila. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like soul gives us the chance to like awaken to that. Those Correct. It, and, and of portal. course, the limit, the limit of psychology is that doesn't it doesn't take it the extra degree you know which is then exactly as you're saying that these all become um icons that these are sacramental yeah, moments these the are they're all pointing all of creation you know mm. is, is pointing towards something more mm. and so we we can receive all these things and so it doesn't mean that we don't cry out in the unanswered prayers or when our dreams don't seem to kind of come to the fruition or or we all have those moments where we're like is this really is this really how life was supposed to be? Like, am I really doing the thing I'm supposed to do? I mean, we all have yeah. these moments for sure. Absolutely. I, I know that I've had them. But it's okay to, to do some of these reassessments. But again, the temptation is always to do wholesale changes or to throw the baby out with the bathwater completely and to, mm. to disregard the goodness that is still present within you. And, and what I like about what, what, what soul communicates is that you have a choice. You have a choice into where you're setting your gaze. And again, that the concept of watchfulness, like you, you have a choice in being able to then practice this and to say, you know what, I'm going to choose to be more watchful of the good moments. And I'm going to embrace those and savor those and be more intentional about eating the pizza or when you receive the little seashell from your daughter, appreciating it and not just appreciating it from her, but appreciating her insight, appreciating who she is and then the, yeah. the fact that she's thinking about these things and she sees these things and that that this life that God has given to you, you know, allowing the the, the mystery of that to to really be present uh, in all of these little circumstances that we are so quick to overlook because we're too busy or too caught up in ourselves uh, or we're too fixated on on our own issues um, that we lose sight of relationship being the basis of reality. And, yeah. and communion, as you've already articulated, being that which we are called to. And that all these little things add up. And so it's not one big thing. It's all these little things over the totality of our life that we can look back on and say, yeah, this yeah. is good. This is really good. 
Amen. All right. So just with the, we're, we've been, we've been, we've been jazzing. We're jazzing. So. We've been jazzing. <laughs> but, but, but the last few minutes that we have in the movie, let, let's, let's break apart some of the theological themes that, that, that maybe are good sure. or, or, mis, or misguided a little bit. Um, and, uh, and so you with your TOB lens, you can offer some of them to us. So um, first and foremost, a- any comments you want to make in terms of just the, the disembodiment and, and the, the disconnect between the soul and the body. Um, what would John Paul II say about, about that as well? Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely, well, the whole, the whole uh, structure, as you said, the world building that they did had some kind of funky things, you know, the great mm-hmm. before where there's unborn souls who are sort of like given a personality like you five are going to be insecure. Yeah, You're yeah. Gonna be a- <laughs> <laughs> so funny, um, that was a little, you know, weird. Yeah. We, uh, for, from the theology of the body perspective, of course, there's this, you know, the the male and the female contribute their biological material, so to speak, in the, in the beautiful dance. Sperm meets egg, and life begins at conception. So, and our personality is this amazing sort of makeup of the genetics, but also of the experience of life, and we grow, and we're not, you know, we're not boxed, so to speak. We grow and develop. Um, we have certain inherent things in us, but yeah, the idea that we're uh, floating around out there, and then we land in a. Some of the words were difficult, like you know, meat bag, uh, <laughs> meat oh, sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meat sticks. Oh, my yeah. meat sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you felt there that rupture, um, that sort of dualistic Manichaean, you know, or even the body. fact that her soul can go into his body, and his soul yes, can that, go that in, can go into the cat. You know, just even yeah, that alone concept. is kind of like this, like. Yeah, like this is luggage. Like this is a holding tank, and the soul goes in, and then it gets pulled out. Certainly, there's there's lots of issues there. What was interesting, though, based even on the last you know twenty minutes of us jazzing about the main thrust of the movie, the main thrust of the movie was actually very tob. Mm-hmm. It was very much like being grounded in your senses. Mm-hmm. That this matters, matter matters, and mm-hmm. and the real gift is this present moment, this embodied present moment. So I think. I, I really got more the second time around. I like you said earlier, like give, give it a chance, right? <laughs> give soul, give soul a chance. When we get rid of that, some of that, those issues, you realize actually this is about the integrated person, right? Um, which, as we know, as a Catholic, is the body soul composite, right? You know, uh, interwoven beautifully in a holy marriage of body and, and soul. Um, so the but, movie, you know, here's a little backstory. I'm interrupt you there. The Pete Doctor, the yeah. director of the movie, when asked like where he got the idea for the film, he said mm-hmm. it, it 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 came when his eleven his now eleven year old son was born, and I think it's it I think he has a couple other kids before, but anyways, when his eleven year old son now who was when he was born, he just looked at him and he knew that there was something innate that was already there, like there was something mm-hmm. already present, and so that wow. like caused the question like. Like this kid's personality is already there. Like it's my job to unlock it and to, but but wow. who he is because I think as he has a daughter, I think it's what it is. Like the way that the, the the baby cried and was like acting was just different than the way that his his daughter. sees. So like there's something, there's something <laughs> already. This isn't a blank slate. Like you come out with with something. We don't know what that something is, you know, and uh, and so that 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 was kind of the 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 idea. That's really it. interesting. So that's what that's led really to the whole great before and the whole world building, you know, but yeah. 22 does say, and I said this to you, before, you know, right before, but, but the second time I caught it was, she's like, this is just all hypothetical, whatever kind of constructs, you know, made to, for your brain to be able to understand. So, you know, they kind of, 
are playing with it. And that's the thing like that we would tell our kids is like there there really is no great before than like like explaining right. something and making sure that the kids don't our kids don't walk away being catechized, uh, you know, by by, by the movie um, to exactly. some degree. You know, those would be the places where we as parents would have to engage and uh, and brush some some of these things up. So, like you said, the meat sticks, um, all that stuff. But but there is yeah. something to be said about um, about personality, though, and personality being something that 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 does that that seems to like. And, yeah. and I think you were saying this before. Maybe how many are like like we don't exist before our our creation. Like it's not like our souls are just kind of up there and some like great before right. just waiting, waiting for the right match, you know, as if like it's, this is what it is. Like, Oh, there it is. Now's the time. Boom. Okay. Like you come down <laughs> and, you know, or even, uh, you know, but, but like it's your, your soul, like at the moment of conception, life begins, which means that eternal life begins. That means that like what wasn't now is. And so you as a person, your body and soul, bam, like that's, like there it is. Right. Like what wasn't now is, and and there you are, and uh, whatever that means, um, we we don't know. Yeah, because, and that there's the mystery of the personality is that, you know, as we said, like the biological material, so to speak, is contributed by man and woman, but the ruah, the breath of God, is divine, and that animating spirit that the Lord pours in and fuses in. Is uh, that's the great mystery, you know? It's and every single soul is unique and unrepeatable, even for you know biological twins or triplets. Yep. I mean, there's like and and you know it, you see it, like wow, you are different. But I can't quantify that. I, you came from God, <laughs> hence the Catholic teaching, right, on the sanctity of every human life from conception to natural death, because we didn't make like that came from God. That's a holy thought right there. That is. And I see it in my kids too, our four kids, with each with very unique personalities, reactions and responses to the world, um, likes and dislikes. And yeah, my, my stewardship is, and my wife, Rebecca, our stewardship is just, wow, look at these little olive plants, you know, mm -hmm. around our table who are like growing in different ways. It's really humbling, right? It's like- It absolutely is. And, and I think that's something that I say often is that like, we're stewards of our, of our child's life. Like, that's it. Like we're, yep. I may have I contributed in his creation, but I am not the owner of this. This is not a possession of mine. This is not something that, that I get to yeah. tinker with, you know, and, and, and put up on a shelf that like, I, I have a, I have a job and my job here is to usher this child and to form him to be a mature person. You know, that yeah. by the time they, 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 they leave, they hope that we've given them enough of a foundation that they can then explore the world and and be a productive member of society, but be an individual who 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 wants to love and serve the Lord. Because my hope is that when they become an adult, and then when I die at some point and he dies, that we are brothers in Christ. Because you know, I only yeah. have boys, I don't I don't have girls, you know. So oh, I can say that. Okay. You know? So <laughs> that if I had girls, I would say brothers and sisters. But I only got four boys. So so you know. But 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 that that and and that's that again goes back to even the premise of the movie is that like if if you think that your child is is the thing, then you're always going to be possessive of that child. And then you're never yep. going to be able to let that child grow up and, and, and become what they're, and then that child's going to become resentful towards you because you become an overbearing parent. But like you, yeah. like, like we can make idols out of really good things. And so yeah. maintain the long game when it comes to our kids um, is, is something that I always say. So this has been great. One final question here, you know, kind of before we start wrapping up because we're kind of getting at our time. What's your sure. take on what's your take on the Jerry's? What do you what do you think they are? 
the Jerry's. The, that was hilarious. I don't know what was going on there, but I love the Terry. I love Terry. Yeah, Terry's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They're, yeah, they were very odd characters, you know, just sort of present, sort of adult. Um, were they angelic beings or mm-hmm. something? Um, maybe they had a calmness. Uh, Terry didn't have a calmness. She was terrible with anxiety. Yeah. But uh, they were just like, you're doing great, Terry. We <laughs> affirm you, Terry. <laughs> I don't know, but it does It does play in. The Jerry's kind of do play into that. You know, what we would say is in, as Catholics, this sort of um, hierarchy of being, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that there there is a God who also has uh, this whole subcreation of angelic persons, human persons, and then below us, animals, plants, matter. Right. It's kind of cool to see to see that um, kind of played with in some way. Yeah, that there I, would be mediaries in between. That's right. Yeah, I, I kind of took him to be that as, as kind of like an, an angelic creature, and so this is a very abstract way of being able to do it there's a there's a divide so even the name is terry and jerry is is gender neutral and uh, mm. each of the voices like you kind of like is that a guy or is that a girl i, I don't i don't really know mm. you know and and when they talk and are they even different people or are they really just one are the two jerry's both one and the same you see multiple ones at the time you're like but then they're abstract because they're they're flat in a three-dimensional space and their shapes can move and they're not confined to anything. They can have four arms or they can create whatever. That's and it right. just seemed like this, it, it was almost like, what a creative kind of playful way of kind of reimagining an angelic presence, I would say, you know, that like is just fundamentally not confined to the the, the, the laws of physics and, um, and, and, and exists yeah. in, in a different plane. Therefore, the look of that would be different. Because it because it does exist in in a, in a different plane, you can very clearly tell that it's that it's that they are something different than 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 humans. And I love I love that gets manifested in this Pixar film because uh, it shows it shows kind of the awareness, even subconscious awareness, that there must be. That's right. You know, that's there, right. There, that's there exactly right. Yes. And I'm 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 rereading. Uh, I guess for the third time now, C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. Oh uh, yeah! Is, All right, here we oh, go. Oh man, awesome. can we please do a podcast sure. on that? Absolutely. That would be awesome. I love to. Out of the Silent Planet, Paralandra, and that hideous strength. Yep. But he amazingly captures with, um, you know, he's got the Eldila, mm-hmm. and then he's got the Oyarsa. You know, mm-hmm. the, these mediaries who, yeah, they're on a whole different plane of existence. Mm-hmm. And when we read it, you know, hell, this is just a fictional science fiction sort of a thing. Like, wait a minute, this feels really real. Yeah, there's yeah. something here that you know helps me understand the cosmos as God uh, crafted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yes, and how each planet kind of has its own kind of angelic presence that's supposed to be yeah, responsible and stewards. for, and they're stewards. Yeah, they're of stewards it. and guardians. And so, right? so what Earth, we do, it's like all the way up. Exactly. In Earth is the, the the silent planet because Volcandra, yeah. Uh, because because the uh, the the steward of our planet has not performed a task, you know. That's I mean, right. it, it, yeah, not, no, we, 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 I'm not, we're about to go into another conversation, so I, I can. Oh no, we are. We got to stop. Yeah, yeah. I'm just Tune saying. In next time, Perilandria, the 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 last fifty pages of that, I just I was I just couldn't stop. I was lost, and in, in time became irrelevant. All of it. I mean, I was yeah. I was I was flowing. I was in the zone reading it. Literally, Dr. Peter Kraft says that the great dance in Paralandra is the one thing he'll probably remember on his deathbed. Wow. It's one of the most beautiful things he's ever read, and he said he'll treasure it till the end. Well, that's not a great commercial to read it. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, 
We hope you've enjoyed the conversation we've had about soul and uh, and maybe did beat it too much with the dead horse, but uh, but we've we've, <laughs> we've, we've, we've enjoyed it. Um, so, Bill, what, what do you got going on these days? Anything you want to plug while, while I got you on the show? Well, there's a boatload of these virtual conferences that are uh, <laughs> happening. There's actually one this weekend, um, the Bible Summit, but uh, I'm part of the National Catholic Men's Conference. It's coming up, um, I guess, in another week or so. So look for that online. I'm doing two talks uh, for that. And we have another Theology of the Body virtual conference coming soon. Mm-hmm. We were blown away by the turnout last year. And uh, so we're doing that. We're also, of course, doing our courses face-to-face at BlackRock. Wow. Um, All right. Get so those back up and running. Yeah. yeah. So tobinstitute.org has our uh, our schedule for the rest of the year. And yeah, we're, uh, we feel that we are doing um, important work for our culture right now. Um, and its own brokenness, right? So jump online and then we'd love to see you. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Well, we uh, we will put a link to that in the show notes for sure. Um, so I already asked you, you know, what gives you hope, but uh, but that's, you know, it's a question I always ask all my first time guests. But if you want to offer something else, something new that's giving you hope today or what's what? You what's, know, what's what? giving me hope is, uh, well, this conversation and I think through it, in it, just to find the extraordinary and the ordinary. I mean, yeah. don't take a single thing I touch, smell, taste today for granted. It's all a gift. It's all a gift. It's all a gift. Your senses is a gift. And I'll tell you, you know, honestly, yep. even with that, like we, so we had COVID and uh, my wife, she lost her, 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 her smell and taste um, wow. for, for a couple of weeks or so. And she just said like, it just, it, everything was different. Like she didn't want to eat, even though like she, eating, like she ate because she had to, but there was no like desire for it. And so since it's come back, I mean, just kind of like, like you said, like, I mean, we, we, we can't we, like, it's a gift, man. It's all gift. Wow. It's all gift. Wow, wow. It's all gift. It's all gift. Like it's all given to us to be able to experience this creation um, that God has given to us to whatever degree we possibly can. So. Amen. Amen, man. Crushed it. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank right. you for having me. Absolutely. God bless you. You too. Man, what a beautiful film. I'm so grateful to Bill Donny for joining me on the podcast to have just such an awesome conversation about it. So I hope that you have enjoyed it. I hope that you've been able to gain some great insights and really just learning a process of how to watch movies and how to be attentive to the messages that are being communicated so that you can be able to A, learn and adapt those messages into your own heart. That's the power of story. But then B, if you have kids, being able to communicate what those truths are Better, so your kids can be more attentive to media and how to digest media and what they should be looking for and what they should be uh, avoiding. So God bless you all. Hope you have a great day. Leave a comment if you've been listening to this on Apple Podcasts. Every one of those helps tremendously to get the show out. And yeah, I guess, you know, that's just it. So God bless everybody. Be good.